So uh, last week we had a little bit of a technical difficulty, but you should have seen that uh, video pop up. We talked about the new age belief in the church and how it has sort of crept in. Today we're going to do a brief recap of that. And then, and some of the stuff that we did in the beginning where we had a little bit of the technical difficulty, but then we're going to go into manifestation and the mini God theory and why those two things are antithetical. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the ride. Uh, they're antithetical to the Bible. Uh, just to finish that thought here real quick, Jonathan Fiala here for further every day, sitting in the chair of theology into my left. I've got, uh, Clint, how's it going? Yeah, it's going good. It's been a while since I've been on here. I'm so glad to have you back with the new hairdo. Yes, glad to be yeah. back. Glad to be rocking it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're glad you're rocking it. And in the chair <laughs> philosophy, rocking that new glad hair. to have you there. Bringing the rigor that the Christian must bring intellectually to the faith. And Absolutely. then we got Miss Anita. Yes, sir. Glad to have you back on. Thank you. It's nice to be here. You're sitting in the chair of culture today, so we're we're actually culture. going to have you uh, talking about the culture that a philosophy and a theology end up so you know as you know everything's kind of downstream of your theology your philosophy culture politics economics so we're going to enjoy having your thoughts on the culture of the new ageism in america and in the church interesting and then mr steve yes sir in the chair of politics i see oh man of course you know my favorite favorite place it's going good and of course politically incorrect yep and today, we're, we're kind of going to be focusing more on the politics of the church and how the church has allowed a lot of this this new age theme, partly for prosperity. You know, the prosperity gospel. The thing about the prosperity gospel, the only people who prosper are the ones who are preaching it. Mm-hmm. True. Right? And then the, the other side of it yeah. is is the, the 11th commandment, thou shalt be nice. Right? We as Christians do not want to confront people. And I think that that's that, that, that there's a there's a kindness there, but also there's a lack of love. And and I think today we, we, we want to start off with saying, look, we're not here to to talk. I have a lot of friends who are new age. I have a lot of family members who've got those these ideas. We're not attacking anyone. We're just saying that this is what's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And it's not right. it's not our truth. It's biblical the truth. truth. It's the truth. It's the, the truth. it's the biblical truth. And if right. you want to debate that. There's a comment section if you're on YouTube or Rumble. So uh, Twitter as well. I'm always here on Twitter. At Twitter, he is always on the twits, uh, tweets that, on the X. Well, wait a minute. Is it Twitter now or, or is that X? Yeah, that's X. a whole nother that's, podcast. Yeah. That he's changing it the to X. X, right? Uh, it still says Twitter on my phone. It still so says Twitter. Still you just Twitter. hadn't changed it, man. Yeah, that's I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what Musk I'm, is going to do. We're talking like politically. Incorrect. All right, so go ahead and pull up that first five common New Age beliefs, Mr. Producer. Five common New Age beliefs. If you could go ahead and pull that up, that'd be awesome. Because uh, we talked about this last week, but uh, it may or may not have made the tape. But let's go ahead and and talk about it. We have uh, five common New Age beliefs that are within Mm. the body of Christ. And uh, this is dailysheepursues.com. Link in the description as always. But uh, one of the things that I think people really just miss is how this affects our view of reality, our view of science, our view of uh, the stars, and also ultimately our view of, of Christ. So I, I think it's, it's an important thing to note that these are some of the effects of, of that. Go to the show map. Daily she pursues. Yeah, pull it up. 
It's the top one. Number one. Open up the number one. Okay, I'll be right there. That looking good. I'll be right there. This is going to be a cut. That sucks. I saw that. It was like not coming up. It was there just a moment ago. Goodness me. Casper, you broke it. Test pattern. Okay. Well, okay. It seems like that one is not, it's not in the cards <laughs> that we would see that. Oh, wait. What did I just say? By the way, if you ever say it's yeah. not in the cards, that's a tarot card yeah. reading. That's so, tarot card. It wasn't. And I recently heard it pronounced tarot. Yeah. By it, someone that, that's who. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, by someone who was deeply in new age and astrology yeah. and things like that. You're, you're actually correct. And I just, uh, well, I've always said tarot, but it's tarot. Maybe it's madly disrespectful. Go ahead and zoom cards. in on that, on that link, Mr. Producer, and then put it up, please. So just control mouse wheel forward. Yep. Yep. Bring it in. Okay. Go ahead and bring that on. So, uh, yeah, that, that website's dead. So instead we're going to go ahead and look at this. So it, you have roughly 50% of Western Christianity practices or believes in these things. Uh, they actually believe that uh, uh, you can manifest. They believe that crystals hold um, spiritual power, that you have, uh, it's a whole list of, of just interesting and unfortunate uh, beliefs. Go ahead and pull that off. So that's one side, go ahead and go to the next link, please. And pull that up, Pew Research. So this is from Pew, Pew. Uh, not, okay, so that that's Healing Crystals Can. Go ahead and Pew Research. Uh, scroll, scroll on down, down to the statistics there. Keep going, there you go. So there's that number, and you can find all the links in the description, but keep, keep going down. And you're gonna find, as you read, you're gonna see that um, New Age has, absolutely taken over uh america and it is growing wildly so that is 40 or 62 percent believe in at least one of these things spiritual energy can be located in physical objects they believe in psychics reincarnation belief in astrology um and you want to look at it predominantly women. I believe it's 65% of women, uh, or 69% of women, excuse me, uh, believe in at least one of these. 55% uh, of men believe in one of these. Thank you, sir. So what does that do? We said it last week, but what does that do, the view of reincarnation? What does that do to the idea of sin, death, and the resurrection? Destroys it. It's no point. Well, it nullifies it. It, it, and it absolutely, what, what it turns, correct. And what it does is it turns God into a liar. Because it says it is appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. Yeah, it does away with uh, Jesus' death and resurrection. Well, I mean, the power of it and the significance. Right. And the significant, you're right, yeah. exactly. 
It so, holds no value. So I want to move. I want to move into manifestation, which is the other the other uh, side of this. And if you can go ahead and get that link ready, but don't don't hit it yet. Uh, does anyone here want to describe manifestation? The name it, claim it. Well, I have a, you know, not a real definition but just a description maybe yes it, it's a belief that you have the power by voicing something you can make it happen and like vision boards or <clears throat> that you have the power to speak something into happening and scripture really doesn't teach that and sadly some of our you know more uh, accepted denominations do believe that. And so you can see where believers get confused. And they get confused because really they don't know the scripture. And that often comes because we're following a person and not the scripture. Mm-hmm. And, and so, it, and uh, there, there's a great pastor in the Houston area by the name of Shannon Talley. We've had him on the program before. Uh, he, said, he said something funny one time. He said, uh, if you had read the Bible, your Bible, it would have disabused you of that uh, that notion. Yeah. It's a little right. phrase that he says. And uh, there's another pastor I, I know. He's a Magnolia Cowboy Church pastor. He says, uh, the Bible is an interesting thing. You should read it sometime. You know, you know, when people have some of these weird ideas. So, and read it in context. And, because and people uh, proof text, they eisegete and... They try to make the scripture say what they want it to say, but yes. they don't read it in context to see what it actually says. Yes, and and, and the word eisegete for those listeners and, and viewers who who aren't familiar, you know, for, for us us nerds who love the Greek and the Hebrew, we love to look and we we love to pull out of the scripture. I an exegesis is you are pulling something out of the the scripture i said jesus is you're saying i said jesus said uh well, <laughs> you're putting you're your reading in you're and right. you're using it as a proof text incorrectly correct correct and and you are applying meaning right where, you where read meaning into it that did not exist correct and so that's something that people will often do and there's a lot of times where people are looking for an answer we talked about it last week right where some people will say, they'll take the, when, when Christ said to the Pharisees, does it not say that ye are gods? But he was quoting Psalm 82, 6, when God was pronouncing judgment through the psalmists on the leaders of the Israeli people and saying, are you not gods? Are you not Elohim? Are you not, and Elohim is the, is the more than two in the Hebrew, like we said last week. But God is mocking them Mm -hmm. he is mocking them and when jesus said that he was mocking the pharisees people got to remember psalms were worship songs and so it it would be like one of us today you know when christ was on the cross and he said uh uh, my god my god why have you forsaken me he was quoting psalm 22 and people say that that means god forsake jesus jesus on the cross well if you read psalm 22 it ends by saying but you have not forsaken me mm-hmm. so it's important that we not read a verse but we read the context like you said mm-hmm. and that that is something where a, the mini gods theory is the first problem with that is in the manifestation it, it all comes down to did you actually read what god said yeah. so mr producer if you could pull up that uh, uh that one slide please on manifestation 
And this is from uh, uh, Shenko.com. Now, the highlighted portion there you see is everyone approaches manifestations differently. 52% of Americans believe that it has, thank you, Mr. Producer, 52% of Americans believe that manifestation has the power, uh, or believe in the power that it holds, rather, but only 28% actively practice bringing something tangible into their lives through the law of attraction. We're going to talk about that in a moment. The state of Vermont, 65% may believe in speaking it into existence the most, but actions speak louder than words. Georgia practice manifestation the most with 46% of respondents noting that they've actively practiced quote manifesting something into reality and this all comes from the view that are ye not gods mm-hmm. but there's a problem with that basic philosophy like you know you- I tend to take um, scriptural things literally and very simplistically Basically, according to the Bible, there are only two uh, spirit powers, period. There's God and Satan. There is no in-between. You don't mix the two. And right. so it's if you're confused about something, we know the characteristics of God and of Satan. Right. And Satan opposes the things of God, and he's a, uh, he mimics, and he... Uh, is out to rob, kill, and destroy. So you can apply that to your circumstance. Is this robbing me? Is it destroying something? Is it trying to kill something in me? If so, it's not of God. Correct. And, and what people, I think what people really miss is that when Satan robs, kills, and destroys, sometimes that destruction takes place on a yacht in the Bahamas. Oh, yeah. Sometimes that, 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 that manifestation of that car or that good job offer. How about it, just in your heart and it's your spirit? Uh, right. It robs you. It Mental gives you things. something. It gives you something <clears throat> that distracts you mm-hmm. from the spiritual world. Because we got to remember, we're fighting a spiritual battle. If you could scroll down, Mr. Right. Producer, uh, on that and go a little bit further, uh, go to what are people manifesting on Shenko.com. Uh, go ahead and pull up that, that graphic, please, because it's interesting what people actually manifest. I, I think this is worth looking at, and this kind of speaks to the spirit of this. So you, you may or may not have a hard time reading that in, in so you better read it to you. Uh, 15% manifest a new job, or they believe they will manifest a new job. 14.8% want financial abundance. 14.1% want financial independence. 11.6% are trying to manifest passive income streams, 10% debt-free, promotion, starting your own business, change your career, better work relationships. Okay, let's go to most popular love-related manifestations. So scroll down a little bit further, Mr. Producer, please. We're going to be scrolling for a moment. Uh, 19.2% want to find a new partner. 18.8% want to go on a new date. 13.3% want defining a relationship. Only 8% want marriage. Wow. Uh, you know, that's interesting that, about marriage and finding a new partner. Yeah. And we're not, you know, and we're not done. And we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Scroll down a little bit further. That 57%. What does that say? 57% of respondents would rather manifest financial prosperity than love. Wow. Mm. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that that is what they are focused on? I think our culture has um, 
misled people into thinking that if you have enough money, you have everything else. Correct. And, and, and by the way, go check out that that infographic. All, all that stuff is in the description. It's going to be good stuff. But that's really it's taking away from the spiritual side, even the physical side of the spiritual relationship of marriage. It's it's focused not on 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 building a relationship with a spouse. It's it is it's everything to do with my me, me, my. And so one of the things, this is something for philosophy here. What does the Bible say to do about measuring fruit? If something if it's a good tree, what will it produce? Yeah, a good tree always produces good fruit. And a bad tree will always produce bad fruit. Right? And it's not just the it's mostly on where you plant your roots, right? Because if you plant a tree next to a desert, it's gonna wither and die, right? I'm not, I'm not, I don't have green thumbs, but I'm not dumb, right? If I plant a tree next to a good river, it's gonna produce fruit. Now, from there, when we finally plant ourselves near Christ, towards the living water, then we start working on what fruit we produce, right? Because if I, yes, I know the Bible, I read the Bible every day, but if I, you know, live in the world, what fruit am I going to produce? I'm going to produce some worldly fruit. It's going to taste pretty nasty. But if I dwell myself in the things of Christ, I produce heavenly fruit, stuff that pleasing to the Lord. And I find this also very interesting because of the, I don't know. I always think very simple. Right? I'm a simple-minded folk. Right? So what happened if I manifest that I like this girl? She, I manifest she likes me. But on, on the other hand, she could manifest she don't like me. So who wins? Because if we're both manifesting, who's then has the ultimate authority? It's just dumb. It Thank is just you. dumb. <laughs> it is just dumb. See, because, man, I hate to quote the man, but he was so right. Andrew Tate once said, which I'm going to get a lot of backlash, but he did say, would you rather as an old woman dying? Would you rather think about your career, your job, what you had? Or would you rather be feeding cats? No, no, definitely no, no. Not. And, and, and feeding cats. Or would you rather be thinking about your children in your family life? He talks about his grandma who had 90 something people on her when she was her birthday, 90-something people that came into that one woman. Like, right. how fulfilling of life that was. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that people, people lose when they start to chase the things of this world. That's what Satan wants to destroy. And he wants to destroy not your happiness, but your joy. And he doesn't um, allure you with bad things always. Almost always. It's something, there's always a shred of good. Well, the biggest challenge is good versus God's best. Yes. That's the hardest to distinguish. And, and so, and that's a really good point. And, and I want to, I want to home in a little bit on some of, some of where you're going there with children. If children could manifest anything from their parents, let, let, let's go with the analogy the Bible often uses. If children could manifest or name it, claim it with their parents, what would happen to their character? What would happen to their diet? What would happen to their education? Man. If I told, if I gave a five-year-old, I said, you name it, you claim it. And this five-year-old, without any work, without any, any uh, pre- 
perseverance without any growth. This child comes and says, I want the Xbox. I want the car when I'm, when I'm, when I'm 14 and, and don't make it a small car. I, I want to manifest something big. I want a Lamborghini and I want this and I want that. And I want the other and eat chocolate cake I want to eat all chocolate the time. Cake every night i want to stay up you know what i don't want an education look that's fine and well and good if you want a if you want a pampered uh, a new uh parent terrible terrible child in your old age i don't know who what's won't the take care of kids you. now no but, sadly um i don't think a child comes to the world with those kind of thoughts and a lot of the young adults right now are living under parents who grew up in the 80s with this me first idea yeah and their parents grew up under the influence of humanism in the public schools in america and our country from the 30s our country is so uh, colored by views of humanism that it fed right into new age which is old testament New Testament Gnosticism, basically. Yeah, the our Gen X kids today are raised in homes. Their parents were ripe in the me me first generation. Everything I want is what I should receive. Probably the entitlement we're uh, experiencing all around us today is a result of a lot of that too. Uh, it, it's just crazy, and uh, Gnosticism that Jesus and Paul fought is the same basic beliefs that uh, take us away from godly adherence to Scripture. It's not new, but it comes in new packaging, Forms. new packaging. Satan is, is not stupid, but right. he's also not inventive. He recreates whatever God has. He tries to create a copy cat of, and then, and then he repackages it for a new generation. You know, for spiritual people and people in the church, I think this is, um, displayed with the, uh, health and wealth belief. Yes. The manifesting, if I have enough faith, I can cause anything I want to occur. And especially if people are desperately ill and they're the most vulnerable, I think, because they want to get well and they want to trust God over modern medicine. They want to give God the credit to even to avoiding um, medical aid and they get in trouble. I had a friend many years ago, this group was praying for a child with a brain cancer, brain tumor, and just standing on faith and standing on believing God would heal him. And then when the child died, that group fell apart and the people's spiritual hearts just disintegrated because they were believing the wrong thing. And then they didn't know what to believe. Well, they believed in a different God than the one of the Bible. They didn't know that. So... I do have firsthand experience when my dad's mentor was in the hospital with COVID. Mm-hmm. We would go to the hospital almost every night to go be with that family. And the mm-hmm. family prayed. We prayed every night. We would go as close as we can to the building, our hands to the yeah. building, as close as we could to the, his room because they wouldn't let us in. And we would pray. And every time they prayed, it didn't feel right. Yeah. Like I would listen to their prayers and they were like, if... 
if we have enough faith, if, if we have shown enough faith to you, let this be done. Right. Oh, no. And every time I'd listen, I'd leave. And I was like, I would ask my dad, I was like, why does it feel like they're commanding God to do something? Right. Like it's not, they're not asking for healing. They're asking, they're, I wouldn't say asking, they're demanding God mm -hmm. for an outcome. Sure. And the whole time I was there, I'm like, if God's going to show his hand, he's going to use this man to show his hand that you can't command me. I will answer your prayers in ways you didn't want to show you that, hey, I'm still in control of your life. Just understand that I did help. I did heal this man. I believe that man's in the upper room right now. Just from the, the times I met him, I believe he's in the upper room. And I believe that through his life, through his death, that his family knew, hey, God is in control. And no matter what we prayed for, we have to be okay and accepted with it. I think there are times we can pray believing God for a healing or a miracle of something, but only when it's prompted by him, correct? not by your uh, demands, okay. if you will. So, and that's the thing I think people miss a lot about prayer, about manifestation and name it and claim it. And, and uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of us a little bit here, but... That's something that people don't realize is that prayer is a function of you asking where God is and where God is moving. And, and there's a humility in that. And, and there's this realization that, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am God's vessel on this earth for his spirit to move. I am a tool in his hands. I'm not telling God what to do. I am looking for God. Dr. Tony Evans said it this way. He said, um, prayer is you walking with God. Praise and worship are you finding where God is and aligning yourself to that. And prayer is you walking that out. And you are, you don't pray to God without knowing where he is and knowing who he is and what he is. He says, if you do that, he, he, he used the, the term authority. So think about it this way. Think about you've got an employee of a company. Or let's say you have an ambassador for a king. That's a, that's a better one. He might have used that. You have an ambassador for a king. The ambassador, if he goes and tells another nation, let's say you got the ambassador from the United States, he goes to France and says, unless you give me a bologna sandwich, the United States has declared war on you. That ambassador might be under authority, but he has now stepped outside of the wills and wishes and demands of the American people and the government that sent him. He stepped outside of his authority and demanded something of someone else. That man cannot go to the United States government and say, I demand this or I demand that. I'm an ambassador. I'm under authority. Wait a minute. Who gave you that authority? Mm -hmm. the, 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 the government did. In this case, God gave us authority. We cannot demand that of someone unless God's will is in that place you know that's like saying you know when you pray go <clears throat> excuse me tell me what to do you're demanding for god to tell you what to do you can't say tell me what to do you just go show me and i will follow you and i will do what it is that you want me to do 
I think we're getting a, we're drifting off topic. Uh, I, we are. But. However, I just w- want to reply to that. So often, people want some extraordinary answer to prayer like that, but many times the answers are already in the scripture. Right. So we're not going to pray. We're not going to get most answers different from what he's already told us. Correct. But like what we're talking about here goes is a good segue to the next part of manifestation where Mm. you were going to on what respondents talk about on saying, I've successfully manifested something (laughs) for myself. Yeah. And, and so manifestation is one of those things. And some people are going to say, well, and, and I, I, I hear you typing right now in the comment section. Well, yeah, but your, 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 sky, your sky daddy is also uh, uh, confirmation bias. It's like, okay, manifestation is partially confirmation bias. My sky daddy, as some of you will call him, uh, is actually revealed himself in his son who died, was buried in resurrected so i have that yeah i have that that confirmation the thing with confirmation bias and manifestation is is if i'm seeking that job you know if i'm seeking that relationship i have a volitional will involved with that but then these people go along and they say oh no 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 no. but but i manifested it it's like it's one of those tricky things because you have that that volitional will but but did you manifest it or did you do it well, and sometime, it, <clears throat> excuse me. Sometime I think it's terms. Yes. Uh, because here's an example. You can take water and put it in the freezer, and it will become frozen ice. You can stand outside of the refrigerator and pray all day that that won't happen. Mm-hmm. But God has his laws of all kind of things that are in place and we can't pray for god to do something for us that we have the power to do like going for a job you're to prepare yourself you to you know you're to be that person that they could hire correct that's in your power to do and i think god expects us to do it correct and i I was just having that that discussion with someone uh the other day in a Bible study, we were talking about how much of it is your volitional will versus God's mm-hmm. work, and where do you find that line, right? But you can find that. You, but it's a matter. It's a matter of prayer. It's a matter of of seeking God. Discernment. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to. And, and this is kind of a, a difficult thing to tread. The thing about faith is is that it's a conviction. It's not a thing that you do. It's a it's a conviction. It's something that you are. You have to, in faith, seek God out, and he will reveal himself to you. It's not because you're good it's or, or special or more so than anyone else. Uh, Paul Washer said it this way. He said, there are no great men of God. There are only weak men who submitted to God and knew their position to him, and God used them. And and I think that that's, that's accurate. I feel like when, because when y'all talk about manifesting and telling what, basically commanding on what God wants to do. I think we all think about Gideon and what he did with the fleece. Mm. I think we take mm-hmm. that way out of proportion. You're begging God on your hands and yeah. just give me a sign. And I feel like, because I'm not going to lie, when I was younger, I used to I used to be like Gideon. I'd be like, Lord, let thunder strike right now and tell <laughs> me that if what I'm doing is right. 
I'd be out there for hours. No, it'd be clear as day. <laughs> Nothing, not a single cloud in the sky. But Nothing according happened. to scripture, did you know you were doing right or wrong? Oh, of course, because we all know it is written on our hearts what we do when we know when it's right or wrong. Because when we mostly ask for guidance of that scale, it's always because we're doing something wrong. Almost 100% times because we're doing something wrong and everyone's telling us we're doing something wrong. We're like, no, the Lord is telling me that this is right. No, 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 don't be dumb. That's where you get in trouble. It, that's, that's the murky water that we have to be weary of. It's just like that. Oh, man, I forgot what pastor said it. It's, it's that man got, it's flooding and the man asks, God, save me. A yes. truck comes by. Yeah. He's like, no, the Lord's going to save me. A boat comes by. No, the Lord's going to save me. The man ended up dying, and he goes up, and he's like, Lord, why didn't you save me? I was like, well, I sent a truck, a boat, a helicopter. What do you want me to do? I think that was Pastor Cliff. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people uh, yeah, a lot of people have done that. It's a common yeah. – it, it, yeah. it, it, it's a good analogy. So there's – now that we have, have, have that covered, one of the things that I, I want to focus in on here is did Jesus have enough faith? Did Jesus have enough faith to manifest – something let's talk about it i don't think luke, he did either of those luke 20 <laughs> luke, your spoiler alert sorry <laughs> wrong question <laughs> spoiler alert just wrong sounds question. wrong <laughs> there's so many problems with this but this is something that, that 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 they would say is that jesus is just a man and he's a he's a second adam and he's walking along a lot a lot of word of faith movements say this right so they'll say and uh so this is in luke 22 39 through we'll go through yeah 42 and he came and jesus uh and he came out and went as he was wont to the mount of olives and the disciples followed him and he was at when he was at the place he said pray that ye enter not into temptation he was then withdrawn from them for about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed saying father if thou be willing remove this cup from me mm-hmm. nevertheless not my will but thine be done you Jesus, see the human right there. You see the divine right there. He sweat. He sweat drops of blood that is hemorrhaging in the facial regions because of the tension, because of the strain, because of the intense anguish that Jesus was in. Jesus did not want to go to the cross. If anyone could have manifested something right then and there, God or man or God man, Jesus would have been the one to manifest it. And I think he had the power to manifest. He submitted himself to God. Correct. He did not usurp the power that he could have. You know, to say he couldn't have, he, he could have done most anything, but he chose not to. Correct. I right. believe it's in, I believe it's in, it's either John or it's in Matthew. And Jesus says, could I not call down right. legions mm-hmm. of angels? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Jesus did not. And that's just a short that's a short few minutes after that prayer mm-hmm. that Jesus said that. So that brings that brings that into into question. But what else did Jesus say? In Matthew 16, 24 through 26, he says, He does not deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Let me not to put words in God's mouth. Let me change one thing for the sake of argument here. For what would it gain a man if he manifests the whole world but forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Think about that for a minute. Look at little Nas X. Look at any rapper. 
Mm. A lot of them died terrible deaths. Yeah. Like, um, did Little Nas die? No, no, no he's uh, still around. Drinking blood. Juice World. Okay. Juice World died terrible death. He was on. He overdosed yeah. in the middle of playing because he knew he was going to get caught. Uh, XX Extension. Uh, Tentacion died terrible death. Shot. Where was his guards? Nowhere to be found. And a normal. He was gunned down, shot several times, and died. No one there to be with him. Yeah. Those There's are terrible numbers deaths. of them, and you know that are actors, actresses. Rappers, singers, whatever, and that part have died of either alcoholism or alcohol and drugs. I mean, just so many, especially during the 60s and 70s, mm. that were rock and roll stars. Yeah. So many. And a lot of them believing in, in the prosperity gospel, and they were a lot, or, or at least the, the, the manifestation. Uh, concept. Yes. So, what what does the Bible also say with with persecution? So, I mean, you would think a a faithful individual, if they could manifest a Lamborghini, they could sure manifest peace for their life. At least peace. I would at least like peace, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Second Timothy three twelve. I'll read an extra part of there. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be what persecuted. persecuted. Well, there's one promise oh, Jesus made. That I've never heard quoted, or I'll stand on this promise. And Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Yes. I don't hear people quoting that to each other or saying, I'm going to stand on this promise. I, I, I would God. like to not manifest that. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? It, it's, it's, I would, rather have, I would rather have that happen. I would rather have that happen and serve my God than, than not. And and some people are gonna say, well, you're crazy. Well, that that that's okay because I believe that there's a world outside of this one. There is a metaphysical reality that is outside of of the the physical world that we can see. There is a spiritual war going on, and the end result of that spiritual battle is so much more important than my happiness on this earth. My joy in the spiritual realm is so much more important. The joy of others is so much more important in, my, in, the, in the spiritual realm. The stronger your belief and the stronger and the closer you get to Jesus, the more Satan is going to attack you and the harder he's going to go after you. He doesn't care about those that don't believe in Jesus, atheists, Gnostics, these people. He's already got them by the hook, man. He's got them already. He doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't have to go after them. He doesn't have to fish for them with bait. He goes after folks like us that are, you know, and that, me, these are the ones he wants. And let me add to that something. He doesn't go after Christians who are nominal. He doesn't go after people who believe that they're manifesting their reality when they forget that they have a ministry. And what he what he wants like he can't take over us, but he can destroy our um, our witness. He can destroy the things that count toward the kingdom of God. He can destroy well, those things. He can negate our effectiveness. We were just, and that's where we we blow it a lot. We were just that's talking off air uh, just a couple of hours ago. We were talking about Ravi Zacharias. Mm. Look at oh, look at what destroyed sad. him. 
Look yeah. at what destroyed him. It's Three things. For one thing. Power, wealth, and a lack of accountability. Those are the three things that destroyed him. The lack of accountability, I'm going to leave to the side for the moment. But what destroyed his ministry was the desire for power, power over women, yes. and then the Just wealth. Power. Yeah. Then the wealth. And that was something that always bothered me with, with, with his ministry. I always saw that he was amassing a lot of wealth. I don't have a problem with amassing wealth. I don't. Solomon had wealth. Joseph of Arimathea, a lot of people believe that Joseph of Arimathea in Christ, actually, where did the money go from, from the uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Some people think that Joseph of Arimathea was involved in, in helping Jesus use that to, to do some very interesting things. I won't go into it. It's an interesting thought. But Joseph of Arimathea was a wealthy man. He provided the tomb for Christ to be laid in. So wealth is not a bad thing. The question is, is but it's does, not our focus. Does it become your focus like Solomon? Does, do, right. do women become your focus as a man like Solomon or men if you're a woman or, you know, what does it become your idol? Right. You does know. it become your idol? Does it replace God? In the case of someone like Rabbi Zacharias, you look at a, a great man of God who understood all these things. He was a, a great man of God who understood all these things and he was very wise and he had all this, this knowledge to impart. But he was corrupted by he the was corrupted. worldly things. And yet... We don't need to be corrupted. <clears throat> he he put forth a lot of truth. That's the only thing we should glean and hold on to. Correct. And, and some people I, I know, one of my best friends in this world, I was the best man at his wedding. He uh, earned, burned or deleted anything and everything with Robbie. Mm -hmm. uh, Josiah. Mm -hmm. uh, just absolutely got rid of it. And I said, you know, I would not purchase another thing from that ministry. Right. I would not support that ministry because they were complicit, even though Robbie Zacharias is dead. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, what he said, the things that he said that were true are still, are still true. true. Mm -hmm. That's Be right. Because we're not following a man. We might have a man who's right. doing bad things, and that needs to be dealt with. And it takes some personal accountability before God to uh, separate the meat from the bones. Yes. Yes. So, and all of that to say, things of this world is what the manifestation and many God theories really focus on. And and I, I wanna I wanna pull this out here, Matthew six nineteen through twenty one, and Christ said, "Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust, and can I say bad bad bad." press bad anything rust uh, uh, destroys and where the thief does not break in excuse me where moth and rust destroy and where the thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there will be your heart also culture question how many Christian pay every month to have a storage facility Ooh, ooh! There's a lot. Uh, get rid of the stuff. And what do they end up doing with it? Mostly throwing it out. It gets rusted. It gets ruined. The rodents go in and mess it up, and and so they end up throwing it away. And I I actually thought about this many years ago when these began to happen all over everywhere. I thought of, you know, the people in the Bible building structures to storehouses. Storehouses. And why do we need storehouses? You know, 
Why do we need those? We don't need them. Because we want stuff. There's a lot of personal yeah. amassment of wealth. Like, I have a storehouse for, for my business. That's one thing. But if you have so much clutter in your life from things that have happened, mementos, whatever, and now it's dragging you down. Well, one thing, you know, here, here's a thought from someone older, the oldest here, perhaps. All your life, you acquire, acquire, acquire. Yes. Then you have as much as you can say grace over. Then you try to give it away. And half the people you know, including your children, don't want it. Yeah. So you pay <laughs> yeah. big bucks for it. You have cherished it, and now no one you know wants it. And what eternal worth was it? Exactly. I had a pastor years ago that taught me about eternal perspective and investment. Yes. My daughter needed braces. I couldn't afford to pay for that. I drove from Mississippi to Jasper, Texas, to see an orthodontist who was in his church. Come to find out my pastor paid half the cost. Wow. He had eight children at home at that time. And I asked him about it one day, and he said, That's, that is displaying my eternal investment into you and to her. Yes. There are lots of ways we can uh, invest in eternity, and that's by purposely paying into either attention or time or money into someone else to carry that that baton on in the name of Christ. And that's something that I think people really miss. People forget that this life is like a monopoly game. Mm-hmm. When you're done, all the money, all the pieces go back into the box and you are left with the relationships or the lack thereof you that occurred along the way. You have... Um, given with an eternal heavenly perspective so make sure that when you're when you're walking on this earth that you are focused not on what you have not what's going to go back into the box look 60 80 115 years it's not that long it really isn't it's not that long when you consider the fact that we have an eternal we have an eternal father and we there is a reality outside of this one I've got too much to do to manifest a Lamborghini or a Bugatti. I have too much to do to focus on that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not against those things. I'm not. Right. I'd have no use for one. Truck would, four-wheel drive truck would be best for me. But <laughs> Hey, those go for top dollar, too. I, I, hey, hey, now it's 80000 Thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, George, George, George W. Ooh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Barack Obama, for, for 40%. Four, so 400% inflation since uh, since 2000. Yeah, yeah I know it. Oh, 10% in the last, oh, it's now it's well over 10% since COVID started. But that's another podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. I remember. I remember <laughs> we can go politically incorrect on that one. You could buy an F-350 for $20,000 or, or $16,000. I remember those days. I and can, now you can go back really to those days. Politically incorrect on all of that, man. So that's yes. for a base model. And that's for a base model. I agree. I agree. talking about a Lariat or something blow. bigger? 180, 120, you know, 120, 120, mm-hmm. 80 to 120. So it's this huge yeah. amount of money. So with all that said, money is transient and it's passing. But I want to go ahead and start wrapping up for the day. Around the room, final thoughts on the idea of the mini God. We talked about a lot today. But the mini God theory and manifestation. If someone comes to you from a philosophical standpoint, 
chair of philosophy, Clint, uh, how would you go about persuading them to reconsider from a biblical rubric, biblical philosophy? I know, like, when you first see it, because I knew a woman at mm, Mod Pizza, my old uh, workplace, who believed in this. She was all about the stones. Oh, my goodness. The first time she told me about it, I was like, you're stupid. I didn't say it out hey loud. <laughs> I didn't say it out loud. But the as Christians, when we see something so irrational and logical, we have to come back to the thought that they weren't shown the whole picture. Everyone is indoctrinated. And it's our job to put the picture back into place. And it's hard. It is extremely hard to do. And we... We have to do it with the utmost love and respect for that person because you're basically, to put it in perspective, you're tearing their world down, which is, it's a lot for somebody. And someone who's deeply rooted into it, especially, mm-hmm. you're tearing their world down and being like, yo, everything you taught was a lie. But let me show you the truth. Let me show you the bright side of this. It's it's hard. It's extremely difficult. And And realize that my dad tells me almost every day. There's only a certain amount of number of money we're going to make. There's only there's a fixed number of money we're going to make. Just like there's a fixed number of how many days we got left. There's a fixed number. Now, what are you going to do with it? Don't start trying to manifest more money. No, start being wise with the money you're given already. And maybe you can get the Bugatti or the Lamborghini. Maybe you can get that nice Mustang you want or that giant Ford Lariat truck. But you have to be wise with what the Lord has given you first. Because the Lord's given you two talents. Now, what are you going to do with those two talents? Are you going to bury it in the ground? Are you going to spend it all willy-nilly? Or are you going to multiply it? And the Lord's going to give you maybe two more. And the multiplication is for the Lord. It's all going back to Him. And that's the thing well, that I think the manifestation thing cuts out. You said something really beautiful there with you're tearing down someone's world. Mm-hmm. It's important before you start that process. If you're going to tear, if someone's going to tear down your house and they're going to offer to rebuild a new one, you're going to want to have trust. Mm-hmm. You want to have a relationship with this person. I don't want some, some rando, if they say, I'm going to tear down your house and build a new one. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to agree to that. But if it's someone that I appreciate and this person says, this house has faults, it's a cracked foundation. Mm-hmm. This is happening. You have a gas leak in the basement, and this is destructive. This could kill you. Let me rebuild this. I know that this person knows what they're talking about. I know what they're doing. I might let them. If someone comes along, much less my worldview, if someone comes along and says, your worldview does not work, I want to trust this person before I let them do any monkeying with my worldview. So we as Christians, so often, this is you, you really got to something beautiful here, Clint. We focus so much on trying to teach people, we forget that God had a relationship with us first before he taught us. Absolutely. And we have to have a relationship with people. And it has to be one built on love and trust. Mm-hmm. So that, well spoken. Yeah. Miss Anita. I agree. I'm just really thinking about um, the good words that I heard. And I guess in order to do that, we have to be confident of what truth is, regardless of, I mean, truth then comes into your worldview, it comes into your decisions and all sorts of things. But I remember learning one time, I learned best when I prepare to teach. 
Yes. And I remember learning where Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. He, he wasn't saying, I am truth. He said, I am the truth. And I'm not true, but I'm truth. Yes. And in Washington, Correct. there is the pound that every pound is measured against to be sure it's a true pound. Jesus is the truth, whereby any truth is compared to see if it's true. Correct. And I think our whole culture today, we're uh, immersed in relativity. We're immersed in things that experience that we trust, crystals, all kind of things. We Something's going to give us power, be it crystals, be it our experience is not yours. I trust my experience, that kind of thing. I've had so many conversations like that. But if we're trying to share truth... We must know what that is, and everything else is measured against that. Amen. Amen. And that's something that our culture has lost, and we need to be about mm-hmm. redefining the, 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 the metric of truth. Truth has lost. Faith has lost And all, it's not in your face right. blast you with truth. It's the loving truth. It's the fact that the caring truth of God, it's... Um, for good and not harm, all those things. Jesus is the truth. And when Pontius Pilate said, what is truth? He was speaking to truth incarnate. Mm-hmm. But Jesus didn't assert himself to Pilate. No, he didn't argue. He didn't argue. He laid it out and he let, you know, God's a gentleman. Mm-hmm. God is a gentleman. He is not interested. The thing that people don't realize is that God wants an intimacy with you that surpasses marriage. Mm-hmm. God is a gentleman. He is not going to demand and, that you have that relationship. And what is interesting about Pilate, he says, I find no fault in this man. Yes. So final thoughts from the chair of politics. Yeah. Um, you know, in regards to what Anita was talking about in the truth, you know, and today's, you know, in a, on a political stance, you know, people uh, come around, and, and, and especially in D.C., you know, well, my truth, your truth, their truth, you know, um, everybody's got their own truth. And, uh, you know, so uh, and it's the truth, which is what is measured against Jesus. Against reality. And Jesus is the truth. And, you know, uh, so like when, and another thing like when Clint over here was talking about uh, on how much money you got and taking and investing, which, you know, the one story in the Bible about uh, the master giving money to his slaves, Mm -hmm. each one of them he gave, you know, so much to each one. And then when he came back, each one did investing with them. One of them did multiplied it this much. Another one multiplied it less, and another one multiplied it a little less. And then one of them didn't do anything with it, like buried it in the ground, basically, and didn't do anything, got nothing out of it. And the one that multiplied it the most was the most favored. Yep. You know, so... On a political stance, we got to look at what's going on in this world, and we've got to measure it against 
the truth, which is Jesus, you know, the Bible, yes. which is the Word of God. And that's what it is. And it's written down for everybody to read. And everybody needs to read the truth in the Bible. Amen. And good words. Again, I, I hate to lean on Paul Washer so hard this podcast, but you know he said something interesting that, that struck with me and, and really stuck. He said, your 15 minutes a day in the Bible means nothing to God. He goes, if you think that your little 15 minutes a day is somehow a favor to God or you're checking a box, stop doing it. But his point is, is the 15 minutes isn't what's important. And maybe you only have 15 minutes. Some days it is 15 minutes for me. Like, I, you know, I used to be a much better prayer warrior. I used to spend an hour in prayer a day, an hour in the word. And I would spend my time in school. I really took the time to focus on that. And I miss those days. And I know that my witness and testimony have been negatively affected because I don't have, spend as much time with the Lord. And and it's something that, that I'm striving for. What What Paul Washer was getting at was, he doesn't want your time. He wants your, he doesn't want sacrifice. He wants obedience. He wants you. He wants the relationship. He wants all of you. And one of the things that so terribly is robbed from you when you are focusing on this word of faith movement mm -hmm. is that you are missing God. You are missing the relationship of a lifetime. We all, I think everyone in this room at one point or another has longed for a marital relationship. We wanted that intimacy. We wanted that companionship. We wanted that fellowship. We want that, that thing that is so beautiful. God created that in us, that desire, because it mimics what he and the church are going to have in the millennium and then further into eternity. What better thing to steal from a man than that relationship, man or woman, okay, from, from an individual, than to steal the, the relationship with the divine and replace it with, maybe it is a yacht in the Bahamas. Maybe it is the penthouse suite. But Satan has robbed you, robbed you of the most beautiful thing that you could have ever had, and that is through your fleshly desires and through the uh, devilish contentments mm -hmm. of this world. With that said, if you like mm -hmm. this podcast, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thank you so much for over 200,000 downloads. Uh, guys, we just are humbled that you have been downloading. Again, make sure that you leave a like if you're listening to Apple iTunes. If you're listening to Spotify, leave them a like. Apple has been deleting uh, uh, five-star reviews. We have 400-something. Right yeah. How dare you? Exactly. Thank you. Exactly, <laughs> Mr. Producer. Right, right, the producer guy over there doing yeoman's work. Uh, so make sure that you go ahead job. and consider leaving a review. Leave a positive comment if you're on Rumble or YouTube. Rumble, thank you so much for listening. YouTube. Yes. Yeah, doing their same stuff. Just, man. just, just keep on. I guess whatever. Yeah, God, God, God know knows. What, you I don't. Know what I don't know how many views we actually have because we, we watch it go up and then we watch it go down, down, and yes. watch them get deleted. So it's just it's very odd. I think it's an algorithmic thing. I don't even think there's someone watching us. I just think it does it because we say all the naughty words. Mm -hmm. All um, the naughty words. I don't say. Yeah, you're not allowed to say uh, edophile. Uh, uh, or any of those other words. You mean? No, yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, you've got to say corn instead of 
And, you know, and, and so we, we started getting better about that. Maybe we'll censor a little corn. bit to kind of meander through through YouTube. But um, yeah. and, like and Apple well. seems to have deleted one of our episodes, episode 106. Oh. Uh, so anyway, just funny mm. things. So, guys, just if you want to like and share, like and share, it means something. Uh, with that said, thank you. we got nothing else for you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. All right, all right, all right. Last thing, last thing, last thing. Um, what is the most important thing that you, so, and, and, and I, I want to lay it out. When you fall into the worldly trap of manifestation, of focusing on this world, what do you think the most important part of the relationship with God gets lost in the new age belief? So the trust in God, the trusting in him for the day to day, whether it be the loss of prayer well, you life, don't need him. the desire, yeah, the lack of need. What do you think is the most destructive thing that people lose when they fall for the materialistic trap of the new age? What's the thing that people lose the most? And you can say pass and come back. Pass and come back. Miss Anita, you, you had a couple thoughts. Well, we need to belong. We need to feel loved and of worth. And I think that's a competition then. And so you don't, you would doubt those things. Yeah. Losing that connection to God, losing that desire because you're, you're filling with hollow stuff. I think it's their, their connection with God. Cause they just think, Hey, you know, I can do what I want because I, I can, I, I am, I, I can mm-hmm. do whatever because I can I like, am. I am the I am because yeah. I am. Exactly. You know, so. They're you know. not sure who God they is. They lose control. Ooh. Because, <laughs> because they take all the control themselves, yeah. mm-hmm. but they, they don't have it. Utterly control. Yeah, that's Whoa. good. So they lose their peace. Yeah. You lose everything. Because I'm dependent on the Lord to have control over my life. Why? Because I suck at it myself. So now. Why would I take that from him to lose what he's already given me? Yes. What is that? He sucks at it. Yeah, it sucks at it. Okay, good. I'm going to let that one go. Yeah. Good job. Politically incorrect. Uh, so what I think that they lose the most, what, what, what I would miss the most in that worldview is perspective. Mm-hmm perspective yeah. of what I am to God and what, what that, that kind of folds a little bit to what, what, what you're saying. Cause you and I are a little bit closer on what we were thinking about the idea that God, my father wants me to learn and wants me to grow. That is a loving father, the father who spoils his children and does not allow them to grow ends up with stilted infants, even though they're grown up, grown ups, they have never developed God wants people who develop and become like him. So he comes alongside us, as C.S. Lewis said, as a parent does with a child with their, with their hand in theirs, writing out the letters of the alphabet. That's how the spirit comes along. And you lose that when you're a mini God. You lose that understanding mm-hmm. of relationship. Just the idea that God is condescending to come down and write with you your ABCs. Or in the case of patience, kindness, love, those, those fruits of the spirit. And you lose that image of God, such a bleak reality. 
Anyway, tell yep. us in the comment section what you think uh, of that question. What do you think you lose uh, the most? Or what do you think is the most important loss? There we go. What's the most important loss for someone who is in the name it, claim it, new age belief system? With that said, we've got nothing else for you. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye